Weaving in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that is unabashedly unashamed to do a clip show. Hmm. My name is Greg D. And I'm Genius McGee. You might remember us from such podcasts as the Nerds and Nostalgia Podcast and Boom Howdy Network. And it has come to this, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> we we celebrated episode 50, and mm-hmm. we're doing episode 51 with a clip show, but with a little twist on it, because this is new clips. These are new things that you will be hearing in terms of interviews and us talking with people, mm-hmm. but we wanted to put a little Simpsons spin on it, because yeah. you can't go wrong throwing no. the Simpsons on it, <laughs> as you as, as so. But um, yeah, we actually have some, some clips. I shouldn't say some clips. We've got one interview, mm-hmm. and then another one where we're... It's not necessarily an interview, but kind of a free form. Right. Basically, we we have a whole bunch of stuff that we don't have like a real theme tangent. So. We didn't have a home for some of these right. things, as it turned out, <laughs> or they didn't fit within the context of certain uh, episodes so they get their own little spotlight here Mm -hmm. it's going to be a lot of fun Uh, don't forget on twitter you can find us at nightmare junk and over at facebook at nightmare junkhead Mm -hmm. because we do a lot of shenanigans here in the kansas city area and if you are in the kansas city area on july 19th -hmm. as part of our horror show series at the alamo draft house we are screening american werewolf in london On 35mm, it is not to be missed. It is nope, going to be, be a great. I'm really looking forward to it. I haven't seen that in a while. No, it's been a few years since I've seen it, but I, it's it's the the transformation scene alone and the mayhem in, in London is, is worth the ticket price. Oh, yeah. Just that, that little flap that's hanging off of um, <laughs> Griffin Dunn. Just so horrific <laughs> and totally an accident, too, which is kind of awesome. So see it up on the big screen on glorious 35mm, mm-hmm. and then I can give you a hint of what we'll be screening in August mm-hmm. for the horror show. And mm. um, let's see here. Can we say it's... We've talked about it. We have talked about it. Yes, talked we, we've done an episode yeah, on it. we've done an episode on it. Which so. is perfect. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the only hint you'll get. So mm-hmm. check out the back catalog and make a few guesses. Yeah. Uh, but that will be truly glorious on 35mm. Uh-huh. So, oh, and don't forget, we also have... Um, on the, we do the video vortex, and we have Demon Wind, which is low-budget horror at its wonderfully, horribly awesomeness. So... Yeah. Always, always good, and always look yeah. out for that. Basically, are... if John Carpenter decided to do an Evil Dead movie, but had like maybe about a thousand dollar budget, and you know, and let's face it, you know, they're not John Carpenter, so right. you know, that's I'm thinking more, and even not Sam Raimi per se, but Sam Carpenter, yeah, Sam Carpenter, exactly, <laughs> John Raimi. There we go. But they said, but the beauty of those films, they all have that DIY do-it-yourself ethos, uh-huh. which makes them so charming, oh, yeah. and that's why people flock to them like mm-hmm. that. It's fantastic because what they, like I said before, what they what they lack in quality, they makeup and charm absolutely mm-hmm. that's well even on our sister podcast nerds and nostalgia films that we like that are truly bad things like samurai cop mm-hmm. you know, especially like miami connection yes i love that movie because it was just made with earnest mm-hmm. it was earnestly made there was a lot of effort put into it so i'm not liking it ironically no it's just, i like it it's a genuinely good fun it's a fun movie and that's the things with a lot of the stuff we see on video vortex mm-hmm. is we don't like these ironically they're just no, they're good just they're fun. fun yeah we they would the creators themselves would probably admit hey you know what it's not the greatest but look what we did right exactly they did more than us exactly yeah. and that's the other thing i love about the people that are out there they're doing it mm-hmm. and yeah there's, I wouldn't even say there's an oversaturation of the, the horror market right now, but there's mm. so many tools made available to the public. Yes. Anyone uh-huh. can't. Well, shit, anyone can put together a podcast. Anyone can make a little small movie. It's incredible. And that being said, we're glad you're listening to ours. <laughs> <laughs> of all the other horror podcasts that are out there. You chose the, us, and we thank you. You stick with us on Modern Horrors on the uh, Boom Howdy Podcast Network, and you'll be fine there. Boom Howdy. Speaking of the stuff that we've done in the past, uh, we did an episode. We had an episode where we talked with various people at CryptCon, mm-hmm. 
here in the Kansas City area. And one of the interviews that we had on that, uh, we had the chance to talk with the people that put together. It was this heavy metal horror flick. Mm-hmm. And I had heard about it. And, you know, I love heavy metal horror. Yeah. I'm a metal fan. We were listening to Iron Maiden just off mic just a second ago, <laughs> Rhyme with the Ancient Mariner. Uh, love the heavy metal horror genre. And so Deathgasm came out last year, which was a lot of fun. Yes. New Zealand's splatter fl- flick. Uh-huh. It's fantastic, but it's it's a good heavy metal horror film. And so I'd heard these um, little reviews here about this up-and-coming indie heavy metal horror flick called Death Rot. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's a great name. Right. It's very metal. Yeah. And sure enough, uh, Crypticon, I, had a ch- I was able to see it. And it was a blast because not only did I get to see it, but then the um, writer, producer, and director were all in the audience as well. Yeah. And so I, you know, I could kind of feel them watching me, you know. And I, <laughs> it's like, oh, you know, they're they know. And I, I responded well because I just I had fun with the film. So, mm-hmm. do you remember that? I think I do. In fact, let's go there now. Hmm. All right, gang, we are back here at our home base here at Crypticon. <laughs> Room 227. Room 227. <laughs> what? <laughs> if, if we could bring Jack A in here somehow, wouldn't that be amazing? Who invited you to Crypticon? Mary. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the advantages we have here, just in terms of at Crypticon, is we have the opportunity to meet and talk with uh, filmmakers that mm-hmm. are p- producing material within the horror genre. Uh, just genre films in general, and right. I had the opportunity to see one that I was excited because this is the one I'm a first and foremost. Anyone that's listened to the podcast knows I'm a heavy metal fan, mm-hmm. and by proxy, of course, I'm a horror fan. So this is right up your wheelhouse. This man. is this no. is like you know going to visit um, the you know the chocolate factory. You know when I get to see <laughs> two of my favorite things combined together. You know I'm always a fan. <laughs> Left Twix, right Twix, exactly. <laughs> and this past year, you know, we got uh, the New Zealand film Deathgasm, yes. which was a great entry into the heavy metal horror film. And so I was really excited when I saw a heavy, exclusive heavy metal horror film playing here at Crypticon. I am, of course, talking about 2014's Death Rot. Mm-hmm. And I'm very fortunate because we have here on the podcast, we have the writer, director, and producer, uh, writer-director Dominic Winicky. Welcome yes. to the show. Thank you. Thank you. And producer, Ari Show. Yeah, hey, how's it going? Doing well, doing well, you guys. So before we get into everything, uh, please tell our listeners where can they find you guys out on the social media. Uh, we are on Facebook. It's Death Rot Movie. Um, I've also, I've, it's under Warwolf Productions is my production company, and, and you can find us there. I'm on Twitter as Dominic Winicky, Dominic Dot but I don't use Twitter a whole lot as much as I should. Facebook's kind of my primary, uh, just because they let me use it during my day job. So <laughs> <laughs> work in the system, exactly. <laughs> That's always a plus. <laughs> but yeah, find us there. Uh, and then I'm Ari Show, just A R I S H O W on Facebook. And then on Twitter, I am at Gishtar. That's G I S H S T A R. Excellent. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for taking the time out to talk with us here. Sure. Um, so I guess the obvious question is first off, why heavy metal horror? Just because it's such a specific <laughs> niche, you know, in the horror genre. You know, do you have ties to the heavy metal world? You know, what is the Batman origin story? For Death Rock. Basically, I'm just a huge horror fan, and I've always loved heavy metal. It, it's, you know, and I've never, when Death Rock, I was writing it, I think about 2009, there wasn't any big movies that mashed the two together. So I just wanted to do a death metal band, and I wanted to kind of polar opera polar opposite that with a religious fanatic reli- mm-hmm. yeah, you know just kind of like everybody thinks death metal they're evil they're disgusting people but i'm like they're not they're normal i mean well, you know i work with a bunch of bands in sioux falls south dakota mostly tennessee murder club who was in the uh their music 
if it wasn't for their music, I wouldn't have had a movie. So, um, big shout out to them then. Oh, ab- yes, obviously, absolutely. Tennessee Murder Club. Yes, that's a dope name. That is a really <laughs> great. That's a great band. Yeah, check them out. They're they're, they're awesome. They're they're making some headway. Uh, um, so yeah. were you around for the uh, satanic panic of the 80s? Oh, yeah. <laughs> do you, I mean, you, if that's the one thing that, uh, just in terms of what's so bizarre, is the fact that it was a very real threat yeah. for a very long time, okay, heavy metal music. You have to fill me in because I'm kind of young. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? So, like, back in the 80s, yeah. everything was like, oh, it's Satanists. Yeah. You know, like, a couple of cats go missing in the neighborhood. It's Satanists. Oh, no way. You know, just anything, anything. There was always like, don't go to that part of the woods because that's where the Satanists are. Is well, on the uh, news. Uh, Geraldo Re- uh, Rivera yeah. did, like, the whole, like, Satan thing. It was ridiculous. Oh, like, everything was like the devil. And then, uh, what was it? Uh, Rob Halford was brought up on charges for murder charges. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there was that whole issue. Uh, they brought uh, D. Snyder before the That's PMRC. Right. Yep. Oh, yeah. Okay. For yeah. yeah, there was like the filthy fifty or something like that, and it was no, and it was amazing. Like Dungeons and Dragons was also tied to oh, the yeah, Satanism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was always a dangerous thing to be yeah. involved with. So I've got to ask. I mean, I've, I know the first time I ever was introduced to, uh, to heavy metal. Do you have that that one defining moment where you're like, oh, this is my music? I want. It had to have been Pantera. Oh wow! Just hearing Walk, you well, know, for the first time and. I remember so distinctly, and it, this was actually when I was a huge Pantera fan already. I was in college, walked into this bar, this cover band is playing. Right as the doors open, the opening beats of Walk. And I'm like, oh my God, this is like my soundtrack. You know, like people can actually hear what's going on in my head, you know. But uh, yeah, just Pantera, Metallica, the early days. And, oh, yeah, no, that was, that was yeah. the, the, the salad years, if you will. Oh, yeah. So what was it just in terms of then horror for you? I, that thing is. I, Probably ten years old. I think when I saw Gremlins, um, just tell me a cute story. It's a kids movie, <laughs> which yes, yeah, which is marketed movie. as no, a kids it's a movie. Kids movie. Here, she she but, thinks it's funny because no, it's not funny. It's adorable. <laughs> okay, you tell it. Okay, lay it on us, When he was ten, he was super into Gremlins, and while he was on a camping trip, he wrote a letter to Gizmo, <laughs> like, "Dear Gizmo, you're so cute and fuzzy." And just like, I don't know, just like adorable things. And then he has a follow-up note to Gizmo after he saw the movie written in like a different ink color on the letter. Well, two years ago when we came here to Crypticon, he actually, Zach, what is his name? Zach Galligan. Zach Galligan, Zach Galligan yeah. We showed him the letter and he, he got, we got the autograph picture and everything. He read the letter to his little stuffed Gizmo, which was adorable. And then um, he actually, he's like, you know what, since this is such a cute thing, I'm going to sign your letter too and I won't charge you for it. So I totally fanboyed out. Oh, I, I yeah. swear he must have thought I was like special needs because I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, my words were not coming out right. But You did babble a lot and your face got really, really red, but then I kind of stepped in and I was like, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay, he's good. But it, it kind of, it showed, I mean, I could definitely tell when I became a horror fan, you know, yeah. it was right in that letter and then just gravitating towards towards Friday the 13th and, and um, Elm Street and all that. I was, I mean, 1988 when all those, you know, Elm Street 4, Friday mm-hmm. 7, that was my heyday. <laughs> and it's, it was a glorious heyday, too. Oh, that, yeah. Awesome. I don't think we've ever really seen that no. kind of a renaissance in horror. Oh, I, do, I will say, though, it just seems like anymore that, you know, current horror has a lot of people that are kind of drawing from that time, in which mm-hmm. I can definitely see some parallels with that. So in terms of Death Rod itself, what was the origin of that? It was... Uh, when I was living in Vermont, I lived there for two years, and I kept driving by this old drive-in theater that was surrounded by woods. It was abandoned. Uh, last I'd heard, it had been a, a porno drive-in theater, which, all things. <laughs> Why not? Why yeah. Not? <laughs> um, and it just that image just kind of got to me, and, and it's always stayed with me. And then just one day, I just sat down 
I think I we were working together, and I yeah. emailed her, and I said, I need a band name. And she threw out a bunch of these bands, and I'm like, Death Rot. And then suddenly the whole script just appeared. So it was just, it was really weird. And then I submitted it to a, a film writing competition, uh, Scriptapalooza, and it made it in the top 10%, which I didn't care. It was 3,000 scripts that year. I didn't care if it was number 300, if they just threw it in because they needed one. It, mm-hmm. To me, it was validation that it was like, oh, shit. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to see if I can shoot this thing. And that just kind of snowballed from there. So. Yeah, because up until that point, you had thought that you were crap for a writer. And like you, and then it didn't matter what other people thought. It was the validation that external sources yes. thought you were better. So somebody, like, somebody in the life Someone from outside of yeah. your little yes. crew. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. You, yeah. you talked about validation. That's huge. It is. That is yeah. important. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, just in terms of, is this, this is technically your first film then? It's uh, feature. the first feature. Feature film. So I you've done a, some short work? Yeah, a few shorts, which some of them are online, not a lot of them I'm proud of. Um, and even Death Rod is, to me, in my viewpoint, it's it's flawed yet, but with the budgets we had, which was zero, mm-hmm. you know, we did with what we could, borrowed locations, uh, actors that worked for free, worked for free. No, sure. Nobody got paid. So. You, you have to work within your limitations. Right. Right. Which I think ultimately, does, do you think that makes you a better, better filmmakers then? I, I think, think so. Yeah. I, think. I mean, we're definitely more crafty because I think, um, one of our lead actors, Kevin Kunkel, he was working on Nebraska at the time. And, um, when he got back from shooting, he said one of the makeup ladies was like, oh, I'm never working in a film that's like that with a budget of $2 million. And it's just like, what? And like, I'm like, ours is like $0. <laughs> and she's like, she's bitching about like a $2 million budget film. Like that's low budget to her. And it's just, it was just so bizarre. It's like, no lady, it, it can go lower. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there's first world problems. There's first studio problems. It sounds like. Oh, God, yeah. So that being said, just in terms of you know what kind of stories do you have from the set? Because the story itself, it, it's pretty, it's it's very, it's very standard horror. And I mean oh, that, yeah, I mean yeah. that just no, in no. terms of you, you takes it because you've got the touring death metal band, uh-huh. bus breaks down in a rural area, sh- deathly shenanigans ensue. But the antagonist <laughs> of the film, it's a really interesting because you mentioned they're fanatics, but I kind of got like. Fred Phelps meets the Sawyer clan. Yeah. You know, oh, just sure. in terms of just because their ferocity, the fact that they're they're cannibals, but they're they're religious cannibals. Really? They're preaching. Yes. Oh, nice. you, don't, oh, sorry, you don't even see it. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was just I it's I love the two polar opposites. I liked I mean the close knit family and been a huge fan of I mean I borrowed from every movie I could. It's okay, that's the um, most sincerest thing yeah. you can do. It, and it wasn't until we did a special screening with uh John Dugan and we did a back-to-back chainsaw death rot and I was like, oh shit, I borrowed a lot. <laughs> but you know, I mean, you twist it just enough a little differently, you know. And I mean, that's what a lot of films do. No, I mean, they all do. Yeah. I mean, you, I can't remember who said it, but they, you know, someone said there hasn't been original thought since like Plato. Exactly. You know, since then we've just been. It's a derivative it's of since same. then. But no, it still plays. But it's such a. It's a mean little movie, though. Yes. And that's the one thing, like, with the uh, with Deathgasm was definitely a horror comedy oh, vein, yeah. splatterpunk kind of fest. This one is very serious. It's very dour. Uh, the, the ending is a bummer. Yes. <laughs> and honestly, you know, if anyone listens to the podcast, they know that I, I'm deathly afraid of downtown areas, or at least I used to be from my youth because of movies. But nice. if I saw a film like this at a young age, I'd be scared to death to go into any country rural area <laughs> just because of the nastiness that happens there. Well, it was great because we did a, a special preview screening and we packed the theater just because I wanted to see how it played. And a friend of mine, she brought her son who was 
13 at the time, just at that right age. She said she dropped him off at her parents' house, and she could tell where he was going through the house by how the lights came on. <laughs> I think that's, like, the best compliment yeah, you can get on something like that. And uh, during the one scene, during the, which I call the, the snuff film scene, yes, we had a few people walk out. We still have people walk out when we show yeah. it to, to this day. Now, I have to ask, did that make you happy? Oh, totally. Because okay, because that's... <laughs> you know, and that's the thing is, it's, and I know it's a very down and dirty, it's it's not happy, it's it's... You know, I mean, I think we put a little more comedy into it than was intended. I mean, I wanted it even darker, but um, yeah, I love to get that reaction out of people. And, and I well, we we saw it. We played it in front of that huge audience for the first time. And when David, God, what's his character's name? Uh, Carl. Carl. Okay, so Carl, his head meets the end of that uh, hook. Oh yes. yes. Oh yes. The entire was... audience goes, Ugh! and that's and a different he... kind of validation. Oh, that, yeah. <laughs> I think oh, yeah. for me, the ultimate, the, the <laughs> ultimate was during the the butcher sequence when you see him cutting up the bodies, and then there's a shot of a kitten, and everybody's yeah. like, "Ooh, ah!" Oh, oh. <laughs> and that's so. what we call dissonance, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, it's it's going to totally. really mess you up. Oh. Um, I'm curious then, just in terms of your your input as a producer, sure. what what are you what are because obviously every writer director is pretty defined. Producer is one of those things that it just it seems to change, just in terms of every day, every shoot. You know, what were you bringing to the uh, to Death Rod on that one? Um, craft services, nice. And uh, hey, we forgot the smoke machine. Babies, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, hey, we forgot the smoke machine. So I run all the way home, and then I get halfway back, and they're like, "Oh, it's okay. Nutty's already has the smoke machine. We'll just use theirs." And I was like, "You've got to be kidding me!" And then, oh, we need we need guitar straps because the band that we're stealing the instrument, well, not stealing, stealing, borrowing the instruments from, they don't want. They don't. We'll, cut, we'll cut that one out for you later. Okay. It's fine. We don't want the actors using our guitar straps. So you're gonna have to get your own guitar straps. Well, thank God, my my dad and my brothers they're musicians and so i'm like i'm like all right so i'm on the phone i'm calling my brothers I'm like hey can i borrow your guitar your guitar strap and i'm like what and so <laughs> i'm driving all over town then it was like no 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 it's okay we can use their guitar straps i'm just like what the fuck is going on and that was just like we, day one of i was gonna shoot. say i'm sure that was the first day it's like oh, what are we getting yeah. ourselves into we threw a full concert for the opening sequence with the the concert mm-hmm. we threw a full concert we had a bar that was, they closed on sundays but they opened for us yeah we had That's cool. uh would we have four bands that night? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we kind of sandwiched uh, us in the middle, and it was interesting because all we did is we played the audio through the sound system for Tennessee Murder Club. The band pretended to play, and it was interesting. The, the, the people that got it got it, but those that didn't were just like, they're just a Tennessee Murder Club ripoff. Oh, and man, it's like, there was, oh, wow. Yeah. There was one guy that was so pissed. He's like, they're just doing the cover song for Tennessee Murder yeah, Club. And what it's the like, fuck? <laughs> he was like, <laughs> But those that were up front, I mean, totally got it. it. And they got into it. They were chanting Death Rot. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is awesome. Yeah. That's so right. So, uh, like, could you also then put on the resume not only, you know, short films, feature film. <laughs> Tennessee Murder Club music, cover band. Yeah, yeah. music video. <laughs> yeah. So we what, actually did do a music video for him in exchange, so it was nice. kind of Fun, so. so if um, we get an eventual like DVD Blu-ray release, will that be one of the extra features? Uh, no, uh, we not. threw them a bunch of extras, but I don't know exactly what they're going to use. Okay, um, okay. We yeah. do have distribution. It's just a matter of when it's up to them. So. And that's that whole side of the filmmaking process oh. that I don't think a lot of people understand. Right. It's just because it's the non-sexy part, oh, but totally. it's, it's the reality. Oh, just yeah. in terms of. So that being said, you know, how are you guys going about that? Oh. <sighs> It's like basically I patience. submitted it to festivals <laughs> and uh, you know festivals are tough because there are so many but they all want to sandwich as many films as, as they can. Of course. So a 90 minute feature, well this is 101 minutes. Mm-hmm. 
they don't want that, you know. But uh, I reached out to a bunch of people. I had uh, a producer's representative contact me, and basically what he would wanted to do was represent the film. He would take it to distro companies. But at the same time, I just got lucky throwing out an email to a, a distro company who was like, yeah, we'll take it. Nice. Um, nice. Because, like, that, the first guy, can I say? The first guy wanted, like, $7,000 yeah. up front. And we were like, like whoa, My dude. Goodness. Like, we can't afford That's, that. Yeah. I mean, because we had a zero-budget film. Like, where do you think we're getting this it's, money from? Right. We'd be taking yeah. it alone. And then uh, when you sent it to the other company, like, basically bypassing the producer rep and just going straight to the distro company... Then uh, that's can yeah, we say the company that we're with? No, they haven't announced it yet, so okay. I don't want to. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. No, yeah. no breaking exclusive here on Nightmare Junction. Sorry. We'll wait for that one. <laughs> yeah. So that being said, just in terms of the festival circuit itself, where else have you guys played so far? We played in uh, Omaha at Scream of the Dark. Yep. We played mm-hmm. in uh, Tamara Glen, uh, Hot Springs, the Arkansas. Hot Springs Horror. International yeah. Horror Film Festival. It's got a really long name. Yeah. But if you look up Hot Springs Horror Festival. We we basically hit those, and then here at the Crypticon, mm-hmm. and and you know, I mean, I've submitted it, but submission fees are outrageous. And I mean, like I said, it's it's a down and dirty little horror film. I know it's going to find its niche later, but you know, it, it will. And know. it's just that the heavy metal horror scene. It's one of those that that's the reason I sought it out because I was you know going through everything that was listed. I'm like, holy shit! And I remember hearing about it through. Sure. I want to say maybe Dread Central or Bloody Disgusting, oh, one yeah. of those one yep. of those websites. And, I, and I, I'll see anything heavy metal horror, so I was really happy to see this one and see it was well represented. Uh, the Thank gore you. effects were very nice. Um, oh, we got honest- a story about that, too. So. <laughs> oh, no, no, yeah, no, lay it on it, because that's yeah. the good stuff. Oh, sure. Okay, so um, the we have the butcher room scene, and where basically we took over this guy's farm for, like, what, like a two weekends or a couple we, weeks? We had a really aggressive shooting schedule. We would shoot only on weekends, because all of us have full-time jobs, mm-hmm. um, so... We I had a schedule mapped out, and looking back at it, I don't know how the hell we did it, but it was probably, what, 10 weekends in a row? Yeah. And uh, we had set up, we got off schedule somewhere, so we had this farm. The guy was trying to sell it. He let us use his barn for whatever he wanted, and we got off schedule, so we had a butcher room set up, sequence set up, but we weren't going to get to it for, like, another two weeks. Well, in the meantime, he comes home. Sees the bloody gross, oh, no. our butcher room already because we had already filmed <laughs> some scenes. So he sees blood everywhere and he's like, fuck, somebody stole a cow and butchered it in my barn. <laughs> Which makes sense because if nobody's there, nobody's yeah, going to know. We were in the, it's yeah. the second largest <laughs> barn in South Dakota. We were in the very back, kind of curved away. Oh, yeah. So he calls the neighbor saying, all your cows accounted for? Oh, oh no. no. And the neighbor's he, like, oh, no. The neighbor's like, yeah. And he's like, and they told him the scene. He's like, "You might want to call the cops." <laughs> oh no! State troopers come in. Oh no! Yeah. And oh no! He kicks over a bucket and he sees the bottle of fake blood and he's like, "Oh fuck! They're shooting a movie here yet." <laughs> <laughs> so that totally and that actually, I'm thinking about how you could have had total ties to Death Rock uh, just in terms of not non-spoiler, but just oh, in terms yeah. of the interaction with the law enforcement. There, it's like, yeah. "Oh good lord, yep. we're totally. not getting out of here alive, guys." Exactly. So we were shooting at another location, and, and the guy who owns the farm calls one of the other producers and tells him this, and we're just like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Validation, yeah. like pre-production, you know, yep, during production, absolutely. post-production. Yep. Yeah, so that was, that was awesome. I'm trying to think of some of the other good stories we had. Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, uh, so we have uh, security guards at the concert scene that night, and there are actors. We just picked up costumes from this costume shop down in Mitchell, <coughs> and um, they started carting kids. So, like... You already have your bouncers who are carting people. Then you, you come up across our actors, and they're like, can I see your ID? And the kids are, like, freaked out. They're like, oh, fuck, yeah. Because they're full cop uniforms. I mean, like, badges and everything. And so um, the guy, he looks, 
He looks at the kid's ID. He turns it over, looking it over, and this kid is terrified. <laughs> and then he sniffs it, and the kid's like, "What?" What? <laughs> Just totally like quiz him, and then he licked it. And then he licked it. This <laughs> <laughs> is a new uh, technique they're teaching us in the priest. You know. <laughs> and the kid gets so scared. He's like, "Man, man, it's a it's a real ID, dude. I swear, I swear." <laughs> And he's like, he's like, just let me do my job. <laughs> he, does he take a little bit, rubs it on his seat? It's pure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he hands it back to the kid, and the kid was just, oh man, he was just like, oh, thanks, dude. <laughs> Didn't even tell him that he was a fake cop or anything like that. Was, oh, of course not. You don't want to kill no, that. No, well, thinking about, it, we so could have gotten in trouble for impersonating an officer. Oh yeah. Which would have added so much more lore to the film. Well, <laughs> and I think we had probably the town of Sioux Falls buzzing because I had contacted a. We needed to set up our cop car, so I contacted the cops. And mm-hmm. I says, hey, can I borrow one of your cars or whatnot? Or where do you get your lights? And uh, the officer's like, hey, that's, you know, and I told him the concept. He's like, hey, that sounds really cool. He's like, here, we get them from here. So I, I contacted the company, and the guy's like, um, no, we don't do that. And he's like, have you let the police know? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I talked to Sergeant so-and-so. He's like, all right, whatever. So we got hooked up with this other company who gave us these cop lights. He's like, you can rent them for... Was that a hundred or buy them for three hundred if you break them? So I'm sitting there shit and think we we shot with them and I'm like a hundred a day or something we needed for like a couple days and so it was just like you know what might as well just buy the stupid thing yeah so that's what we ended up and the guy's like well did you break them it's like no and he's like well then I'm gonna have to charge you more I'm like no you said three hundred if we broke them whoa (laughs) we broke them now we broke them now yeah so I've got these cop lights sitting in my garage I don't know what to do but we wired them up to where because that was the thing too is they had wires so we had our producer Matt. We ran a cord from... Oh, we had jumper cables from the battery through the window, and he's holding everything together in the back seat. Meanwhile, the car, as you see the the cop car pulling into the driveway, and the cop and the lights are on, Matt is in the back seat of the car holding holding that together. And then it wasn't until after that, uh, Jesse, another one of the producers, got a an electrician friend of his to like we wire wired it up, him up right, to make, make it safer but, oh man we'd be shooting and occasionally the lights would go on Matt's like shit sorry <laughs> I'm just imagining some guy in the back seat with like a little tinfoil hat on just like, <laughs> and, like trying like, to be positioned just right like little extremes of electricity yeah. between the eyebrows oh, like yeah. I'm trying to hold it <laughs> don't take the cobble stone road you know <laughs> you suffer for the art oh, right yeah, yeah, the thing for having absolutely no budget I mean I thinking back it's like holy shit we did some so, not dangerous things. I mean, everybody was safe. Dangerous the, the, the only injury we had is uh, when Lena, our main character, kicks David. She actually kicked him in the nuts at one point. So. And you're like, all right, good, good shot, David. Let's yeah. keep going. Come on. Take two. Take two. Yeah. Hold it. Hold it. Don't break it. Don't break it. Yep. I'm like, so come on. We got, we got like five minutes to get out of here. Let's go. <laughs> but just even hearing you know stories like this, it just you know you good good final product. But like you said, you know you still you know obviously I think every filmmaker they're always just oh, like yeah, I yeah. can always continue to improve. But you know just the anecdotal stories you get from it just seems like it's worth it. And obviously, do you guys have kind of a little like crew that you're working with at this point? Yes. We do. We 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 met with this one. I mean, we met a lot of good people. We met some bad people. You know, you kind of learn. But we have a crew that we kind of stick with. That the shorts that we're focusing on now, we we use them, but. This was Film School 101 for all of us. None of us had done nothing to this magnitude, and it was total learning. um, Because we had done some shorts but didn't realize how much goes into a feature. Of course, of course. So we learned pre-production time is huge. Because I had made a feature prior to this, and I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be easy because I've already done a feature. But working on your feature was night and day compared to mine. And mine was, yeah. We had like 20 actors, I mean... 
probably 15 locations, which was extremely ambitious mm. for yeah. a free first feature. Absolutely. But. That's okay. Well, you set the bar high, and then you yep. learn from it, though. I think that's the most important thing you can do as long as you learn and walk away from it, you know, mm-hmm. better oh, than totally, everything. Yeah. Yeah, after that's going to be golden. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah, the movie, guys, is Death Rot. Um, definitely check it out. So, again, are you guys... Anything in the pipeline? Yeah. Oh, we, yeah. We actually have a short that's kind of hitting the festival circuit. It's called Case File 293610. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more... Um, it's a crime drama or crime horror, a uh, little oh, bit cool. of a ghostly element, yeah. and then uh, cool. we got a short we'll be shooting. This is an exclusive. Oh, uh, here we go. We'll be shooting a short this fall called Sticks. So, and um, I don't know. What kind we're, of, we're, we're, what, what's we're in pre-production the... right now. I mean, it's, uh, I don't know. What do you want to say? The concept is it, it's, um, it's two guys that are following people, kind of stalking people, and they pick the wrong family. Oh, that's already an engaging premise, so I'm looking forward to that. So, okay, so again, so if anyone wants to follow you so they can follow you around with the shorts, the films, and everything, again, remind them where they can find you guys Uh, at? Warwolf Productions on Facebook, and... I'm trying to get warwolfproductions.com up, but Facebook is is good. Uh, Mm -hmm. Death Rot movie, Death Rot... Parentheses, the movie or something like that. On it's on, just Death Rat parentheses movie. Yeah, there is there's a band out there that I don't know if they stole my Death Rat name, but they're in Japan, so I'm not gonna, <laughs> eh, you know. <laughs> no, that definitely works. Well, you guys, thank you for so much, Dominic and Harry. For, it, for yeah. ha- no, absolutely, we appreciate you guys having uh, coming on. So um, until next time, here from our uh, our headquarters, the <laughs> horror headquarters, if you will. Oh wait, we yeah. Follow us on Chaos Reigns podcast. Oh yeah, we'll link oh, up there. Yeah. That's right. Cool. Sorry, that's right. Yeah, no, so. I. Yeah, it's, totally it's the way it works here. And yeah. yeah, it's it's still early in the morning, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you guys for coming out. We appreciate it. Thank you. Well, thanks. Have a great one. Well, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, sure was. Going back to memory lane there, guys. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you to uh, Dominic and Ari, though, for sitting, taking the time out to talk with us. Most it was definitely. a blast. I love it when we get to actually talk with the people that are doing it. Exactly. It's one of the rare things. that One of the things I really love about this podcast in terms of why we get together and, you know, in terms of talking horror yeah. is the, uh, the opportunity to interact. To the people who made it. Yes. We can sit and review as much as anybody wax philosophical, but actually to talk to the people who put their blood, sweat, and tears into it and see where they're coming from mm-hmm. it always like adds a little bit more charm and a little bit more um gravitas to the whole movie itself absolutely you yeah. will just see behind the scenes and look at the process everything that has to go right what you yeah. know normally doesn't go right mm-hmm. you know the mistakes that can become you know fantastic little opportunities yeah it's 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 i almost want to do it someday but at the same time knowing I'm, what it consists of i'm all for the nerds and nostalgia of the movie the ner- i'm all for that. I got a script ready and everything. Oh, God, yeah. Of course you do. Everyone has their spec script. You just happen to have it for the podcast. As long as it's not slash fiction, then we should be okay. Well, that turns dirty. Yeah, right. and then we get someone from DeviantArt to do the, uh, the... They'll make it a graphic novel. Yeah, a graphic, graphic novel. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, we mentioned it at the uh, start of the show. We do host the uh, horror show series at the Alamo Draft House, where mm-hmm. it's uh, all horror, all 35 millimeter, and it's been a blast so far. Yeah, yeah. it's been awesome. It's been been so much fun and one of the joys of doing it is we will then devote an episode entirely to that film mm-hmm. um, but the last screening we had for 35 millimeter was one of our absolute favorites it's like a bonding movie it, for it us. is it is it, it, it cemented the friendship it really did yeah. it really did uh, did we just become best friends yep <laughs> gonna go podcast in the basement yep exactly <laughs> um so no we're of course talking about return of the living dead mm-hmm. um and we'd already devoted two episodes to it <laughs> what the score we did a, what's the score we did a commentary track <laughs> yeah. for it and we even did one on nerds we did so, yeah oh yeah. no yeah we've so this is a, a film obviously we love very very much near and dear to the heart very near mm-hmm. and dear to near the heart near to the brain 
it's 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 the feel good movie. Mm-hmm. It's one of those. It's it's mm-hmm. it's the leftovers movie. It's a it's just it's a hearty eating. Yes, it's it, it's, it's meatloaf and mashed potatoes. It's it's, it's pizza, pizza ranch. ranch. It's yes. pizza ranch is what it is. That's a little regional there for you guys. But in Kansas City, we have this crazy pizza slash fried, fried chicken, chicken. Yeah, all you can eat buffet. <sighs> God, make my mouth water just thinking and about it. I took Genius and Dustin there one time, and I was—I don't know what it was, but it was just something magical where it was just like it was almost as if you were eating like a death row dinner. <laughs> it was. It felt like it. I was like, "Dead man walking." Yeah, it was great. Because you were—I've just never seen someone so happy, and it made me happy. Going, ah, I got to introduce him to that. It was great. But in terms of uh, films that you know that are hearty meals for us, Return mm-hmm. of the Living Dead is one of them. Oh, you know, yeah. we 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 require brains. Yes. We subsist on brains. But seeing it in glorious. 35 millimeter mm-hmm. was fantastic. Oh, it was. And it was so, so much fun. It was. And we had a great crowd that was there, uh, mm-hmm. very responsive. And one of the things that we like to do at the horror show series is we talk with people after the show mm-hmm. um, just to get feedback, opinions, especially anyone that's seen it for the first time, which is always a kick. Uh, but this one was a late show. And I don't know what it was. I think maybe uh, just too much brains or this and that. But we did get a few people to come back and talk with us. And, right. uh, you know, what would that sound like there, genius? Hmm. From out of your nightmares and into reality, we are here at the Alamo Draft House where we just screened Return of the Living Dead on 35mm. Not gonna lie, it was glorious. Mm-hmm. Everything, you, print. everything you can imagine and you would want in print like that. And yeah. so the beauty of doing this, obviously, is after the, the screening, we definitely like to see what you guys thought in terms of seeing this on the big screen, whether it's your first time ever, whether you're seeing it on the big screen for the first time, mm-hmm. again, whether it's first time, la- the billionth time, it doesn't matter. So, your name, good sir? Brandon. Brandon, and what did you think of the film? Is this your first time seeing it? Not first time seeing it, first time seeing it at an actual movie theater. Nice, nice. So, home viewings up until now? Exactly. exactly. What did you think of the print? That was a beautiful print. Um, just... I mean, I don't know where they got that exactly or anything. Right. Uh, but, you know, it was great. Yeah, a lot of it, I believe, is through uh, the American Film Genre Archive. And so some of them are pristine, some of them right. are not. But you mentioned before we, before we started talking about just in terms of the difference in zombies with this film. Yeah. What is what is it that sticks out for you for that? For me, exactly. Um, you know, the zombies in this film are intelligent by design. They're not just aimlessly running around. They actually have a Shambling, purpose. Yeah. Which, for me, you know, that makes sense. Way more scary than any jump jump scare or mm-hmm. you know like any just typical zombie movie that's what makes this one so special and yeah again in 1985 you got day of the dead as well which definitely gorier than this film just in terms of you totally know, different beasts yeah. very much so very right, much so those are the shambling ones these are the ones that they come up with schemes they problem solve yeah right, right. man problem solves it's right. very scary <laughs> right exactly I'm open up this jar of snacks and that's something you don't see every day and i think it definitely makes it its own unique little entry in the zombie verse. I'd like to see more films like it in, yeah. that, in that way, yeah. Uh, well, you know, given the oversaturization of zombies right now, you'd think maybe we might get one, but we'll Was see. Was there anything that you picked up this time around and maybe you not, didn't notice? Bigger TNA. Big <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> That is the beauty of seeing it. Linnea, yeah. We did get Linnea in all her 35mm glory there, which was kind of fantastic. Yeah, the print itself was really good. Um, and that's one thing that we're very fortunate. Brett, you know, doing the work as the project- projectionist for us, it's always good there. He always so. does a great job. Of he does. He balances everything nicely. Yes. So are you going to be out here for next month for uh, American Werewolf in London? I should be here, yes. Excellent. Well, we're looking forward to it. Well, so thank you so much for thank taking you, the time. Yeah, talking with us, Brandon. Appreciate it. Cool. Take it easy, man. Excellent.
So that being said, I think we have a few more people maybe that were wanting to come up and do a little talking. Potentially. How's it going? It's going. Oh, it's going good. How good. are you guys? Not too bad. Not too bad. What's your name, good sir? Uh, my name is Jay, or uh, short for Joel. Um, uh, it was great coming in here and seeing Return of the Living Dead on the big screen, you know. Is this uh, now, Are you? A, have, is this one that you've seen many times? Oh, many times. I actually have 245 trioxin molecule chain tattooed on my hand. That nice. is true love right yeah. there for this film. So oh, that yeah. being said, what is it about the film that kind of draws you in? What's um, well, uh, definitely I love the music that's in it. I'm definitely for the old school punk rock and uh, the characters most definitely. But it was the first zombie film that I ever seen where they kind of posed it. When I was nine, year, nine years old, they're like, it's a true story. So <laughs> I, I was like, this happened, and they made a movie about it. And um, I'll, tell, and I'll tell you, with this audience, when that first came up, the reaction with all the laughter and everything, yeah. it set the tone so nicely oh, yeah. for, the, for the viewing. When you found out it wasn't the case, were you like, you mean the movie yeah. lied? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, it was just like that. And um, I think another thing I liked about it is because I was really into Romero films before that. Mm -hmm. And you could kill Romero zombies. Mm -hmm. And this introduced a whole new world of... If you had to be stuck in a zombie universe, definitely oh. do not get stuck in the Return of the Living Dead right. universe. <laughs> the you can't stop yeah. them. They're fast. They yeah. scheme. Oh yeah. And they can communicate. And also uh, oh, the, yeah, the, the <laughs> existential idea of the fact that it, it, it hurts to be dead. Yeah. That's awful. Yeah. That's yeah. something that's always stuck that's with me. Terrifying. <laughs> yeah, that is yeah, that sticks with me like, oh shit, the what if it's actually like that, you know? If so, you can empathize with a zombie, that's always a weird kind yeah, of aspect on that. But you mentioned weird. you really like the soundtrack. Oh yeah, yeah. I like you. I have the vinyl and I saw it and my uh, fiance here found it and I was like, do not let that go. <laughs> don't let it out of your sight. I was like, don't let it go. If you want to put it down, you give it to me because like, <laughs> I will punch a dude for this soundtrack. When the guy next to me lifted up and I saw what he was holding, I was like, if he doesn't put that back, oh yeah, things are going down. Like somebody's getting shanked. Yeah, was, <laughs> it's going to have to send more record store clerks or something. Yeah. It could have been very yeah. bad. But yeah, I was very fortunate. He put it down. I swooped in. I'm like, oh, thank God. Now Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, this soundtrack is phenomenal. Oh, it's yeah. It's so good. And then, again, seeing it in 35, hearing it on 35. Oh, yeah. So much fun. So much it, fun. Yeah. I, I actually, this is what I usually fall asleep to. Like, every night I put it on just because it's like, you know, warm milk to me. It's just comfort right food. There. Yeah. So I'm sitting in there just going through it and, like, try, like, fighting like I gotta stay awake this time because this counts <laughs> that Pavlovian <laughs> response yeah. like yep yeah and um yeah we heard this guy snoring in the midst of Return of the Living yeah. Dead yeah uh she kicked the crap out of me but um it was a real it was really great especially seeing 35 because oh, it's, it's got that grit to it you know it's got that substance and that's what we love about yeah. the screenings, that sometimes they're pristine prints, sometimes they're problematic, but regardless, but it, the charm. it does give us yeah. a lot of charming yeah. character. I, I really loved it, and I had a real great time. Uh, yeah, so. You got a favorite song? Uh, favorite song, I like um, Surfing Dead, but I have to go with uh, Rocky Erickson, because oh. Rocky Erickson has that whole backstory that's completely insane. So... 
Um, yeah, I'll definitely go with Burn the Flames by Rocky Erickson. And honestly, the, the moment it's used in the movie, it's also, it is, and it's so it's, sad. Yeah. It yeah. just, you, you get the send-off of, of Ernie, or uh, Frank. Uh, Frank, yeah. yeah. And it's just, oh, it's it, it's good pathos in the film. Yeah. Which is why I think one of the reasons it works so well is you actually feel connected to the characters. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And of all of them that they they have made, I think they've made like five now. The first, first one, favorite. Second one, I'll I, I like it and it's got a place in my heart. And then after that, I'm kind of like it's dead to me. Yeah, I understand. It's it's the weird one to have a franchise with because there's oh, kind yeah. of diminishing returns oh, with yeah. all of them. I know part three has its it, it defenders. It, yeah, it's you know the punk rock piercing version, I believe. Yeah, with that one. Yeah. Body modification zombies. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's, it's interesting that they that the franchise exists, but I do think you just can't really mess with the first. Oh yeah, yeah, they try to replicate it, but it just it holds on its own. Yeah, I think the first is standalone, and the second is kind of like where they tried to Disneyfy it. it just that's a good term actually yeah. to Disneyfy it because it's that's the one we actually we were talking about it earlier. I saw part two in the theater. Oh really? But don't have the connection with it. You yeah, know, just yeah, in terms yeah. of the first one, but it's more comedic. Because um, yeah. this one is a horror movie through and through. Yeah, it is with the comedic uh, comedic elements thrown apart, with the awesome soundtrack thrown in. It's also funny because in the second one, I don't know if either of you guys know it, but um, you guys know Doug Benson, the comedian. The comedian, right? yeah, yeah. He's actually one of the zombies in the. Does second he play one. a zombie in yeah, there? Really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. How old, how old is he in the movie? He's, um, I think he's in his 20s. and uh, That's really, that's funny and appropriate somehow. And you can find him in it because he, it, like, he's like, brains! And then... I'm high, I need brains! Yeah, and then... He's got that's the munchies. It. Yeah, he's on there for like 10 seconds and it's out. But Man. Well, it's either it's either you either get to be that guy or the Michael Zombie, the Michael yeah, Jackson Zombie, yeah, of right, course, in Return exactly. of the Living Dead Part Two. Well, thank you for taking oh, the time no and problem. talk with us. Thank Appreciate you. it. Glad you thank came you. out for that. Yeah. And it looks like I think everyone is kind of cleared out from that. I think we we're scaring everyone, unfortunately. They, there. They, they they left us like the zombies. Just. Well, this was a blast scene oh, on 35. Great. It was grand. So um, looking forward to next month, American Werewolf in London, the John Landis Ooh. classic. Uh -huh. It's going to be good. So until next time, guys, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we will see you in your dreams.